Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hunted Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host this evening, John Harris. Joining me to kick off the show is the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, how are you? It's been a great day, Johnny, and uh, I really am looking forward to the draft. I mean, I cannot tell you. It's funny because without a first and second round pick, you'd think, well, you know, this year. There's just something about it. You know what you've got already. Mm-hmm. You've got a good situation already. You're just aching to see what they're going to add to it. Not that these guys are going to be world beaters right off the block, but new players coming in, there's always an air of excitement about it. But before that, the schedules come out. Preseason this week in all likelihood, regular season next week. All right, I'm going to ask you a question I got. All right. I was on radio in Mississippi, and my guys had me on, and they asked me, and they said, do you sense that there is not as much buzz this year for the draft than in previous years. My answer to them was, well, okay, let's consider our locations. They're in Mississippi. Right. And we're in Houston. Houston, right. there's no first or second round pick. Yeah. So I do. I sense that around here, that there's not as much excitement about the draft, per se. Mm-hmm. Not the 2018 season. I think people are really excited about that. I get right. that, that impression, like, let's just get the season here. They're in Mississippi. They don't really have, you know, a few years ago they had a Kemdichi and Treadwell Larry Tunsil class where they were getting really excited about first round picks. They had a lot of names and people they could get excited about. They don't neither school has it this year. So I get seen in our areas. Well, without a first round pick here locally, you're just not gonna get the same kind of conversation about it. Right. And I guess that equates to buzz. I think with the Texans though, you know, you listen to John McClain. He's done seven mocks or yeah. something like that. That's ridiculous. And, you know, they're trying to figure out who the Texans are going to take in the third round. Normally, third round, you're like, all right, you're well into the draft. I mean, that's the, where you're going to begin the draft this year. But it's the fourth pick of the third round, so there's that. I just, I think last year, though, they weren't drafting. You know, they traded up to number 12 to get right. Watson. So they right. weren't drafting that high. Where were they? They were in the 20s or whatever. 25. Yeah, because you had the divisional round showing against the New England Patriots. So you weren't drafting that high. And you knew that they probably weren't going to pick a quarterback, right? Quarterback pick Because they would have to trade up the two picks they hadn't done. Well, like, it's not going to happen. And quarterback pick potential, anyway, always sort of piques your interest. You know, like 2014, they needed a quarterback. They had the number one overall pick. There was none that you were going to take that high, but they took Clowney. So, yeah, I guess there's not the kind of same conversation going on, yet there's just something about new Texans coming in. And knowing that you already have Watson, you already have your first-round pick, this is who you got with that deal, you feel pretty good about that situation. Yeah, no question. I get the sense that people are really excited about what will happen in 2018. Yeah. And the season itself, let's get it going. Not as much about the draft, but that's fine. I think once draft weekend rolls around, I think people will be playing excited. So I think we just figured it out. I think we did. As part of the season, yeah. as part of the season buildup, right. you're excited about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm excited about it 24-7, 365. I know you that's are. just me. Now. You're strange. You. Mm-hmm. Have completed Vandermock 2.0. Yes, I did, Johnny. This I, is, uh, you know, years of work go into this sort of thing, uh, preparation for I, Vandermock drafts. I have not looked at it. Oh, You have not looked at it? I have not looked at okay. it because I wanted to save it. It's completely different from 1.0 on purpose. Really? I really, honestly, probably wouldn't have changed a whole lot, but Eric Sadanesencio, who uh, directs content for the website and yep. everything, he said, do a Vandermock 2.0 or right. else. So here I am yeah, you, with it. You didn't want to get to the or But else I do part. like some of these picks, and we'll go over them. Okay. So with pick number one mm-hmm. in the third round, which would be pick number 65, mm-hmm. <laughs> you went with 
Orlando Brown, the tackle from Oklahoma. I still see him dropping on some of the mock yes. sites this mm-hmm. much. And, Johnny, if he's there, I'm taking him. I'm taking him. I am with you. Okay. If if he's there, I'm with you. I'll I don't think him. he'll be there. I, don't, I'm a, I agree with you. I think, I think he's being talked down and – Often when this happens, it's like, you know, how it goes. Yep. You know who else was talked down? Because I had a bet with a local uh, radio host who we know very well about uh-huh. Tyron Matthew. Yeah. When he went, he went in the third round third in round. Arizona. Third round. He's like, no way he's going in the third round. No way, no way. You know, based on everything that happened in college. I'm like, the guy's too good. You're too talented, too good. Somebody's going to take a shot. If somebody took a shot at Maurice Claret for yeah. crying out loud, yeah. Matthew was going to go. Not that he's Claret. You know what I'm saying, though. No. Orlando Brown, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think he's going to be there. And, and the thought being, I, I've always said there are three positions that you must that become a priority in the draft: the guy that throws the ball, mm-hmm. the guy that protects the guy throwing the ball, and the guy that goes and tackles the guy throwing the ball. All right, didn't he do a pretty good job at the protecting yeah. part oh, of Oklahoma? Absolutely. And, and I, Baker Mayfield, yes, you know, sang his praises. Yes. Uh, to me, I, I wrote this: the most important measurable is sacks allowed and rushing yards on your side of the road. Mm-hmm. If you're a left tackle, yep. So he does pretty well in those categories. I don't know that he'll ultimately be a left tackle. I think I could see him at right tackle, but you know it's interesting. I watched him I watched him against Ohio State and I focused mostly on the Ohio State game when he went against Nick Bosa, Joey's brother, mm-hmm. who at the time was a sophomore and and Nick will be a he'll be a top 5 pick. I mean, Nick is a, a flat out stud. And I watched him against Bosa and Bosa's got strength, he's got get off. He's a lot, he's just a lot like Joey. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got everything you're looking for. And there were times where Bosa would just try and run literally run around him. And Orlando would just stick out his left arm. Right. And that just kept Bosa from turning the corner. He was so far away from where he wanted to go. Bosa just couldn't get there. That buys you that extra split second to throw the ball. That space and that time. All right. The second pick, you went with, oh, I like this one. You do? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I like your first two picks. Hayden Hurst, tight end, South Carolina. Unfortunately. What? I don't think there's any way he's there in the middle of the third round. Oh, really? If he's there... If Hayden Hurst is there at that pick, mm-hmm. I will run down to the draft room <laughs> off the radio and tell uh, him what to do. I wrote that about a pick Hayden later Hurst. on in my mock. So this kid played professional baseball. He went to the bowl school in Jacksonville, which I know very well. And you play baseball oh, yeah. at the bowl school, you're good. That's where Chipper Jones played. Uh, it's one of the most well-renowned baseball locations. My, my buddy actually coached Hayden Hurst, mm-hmm. uh, which I need to get some intel from him. I haven't talked to him. I, I just literally put that together. A few days ago. But Hayden Hurst is everything you want to tight end. He's not the greatest blocker in the world, but he's tough. He's really tough, and I think he would get better at it. Mm-hmm. So, to, And he's got hands, just glue sticks for hands. He's already had Tommy John surgery. I mean, he's a stud. About that? Now he's 25. And he's so, James Casey. Right, he is. But I think he's a little bit more athletic. Yeah. Which I meant like crazy. in the sense that he's played professional baseball. And by athletic, I mean he's a little bigger. Mm-hmm. A little bigger, probably a little bit faster. Compares to Luke Wilson, maybe? Uh, yeah, that but I think he's a little bit better player than Luke is. But, Good. man, you end up with – wow. I like the, I like your start. Right, now, like now your what start. about my third pick in the third round? What do you think here? Oh, you know I love this one. Yeah. You know I love this one because I think this should happen. Shaquem Griffin, the outside linebacker is from he Central there? Florida. I don't That's about where I have him. I think in, in uh, Harris 100 version 2.0, mm-hmm. I have him, I think, 75, 80, somewhere in that range. Here's Here's why I take him. Other than the fact he can play, right? right? He can play. He's got no left there's hand. There's no question. But he can play. He's a he's a baller. And I don't think there's anybody on the planet who's not rooting for this guy. Yeah. The other thing is this. If he's on my team, no one's complaining. 
on the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything you're going through as a player, it's like, oh, oh, really? Because the guy with no hand is doing it. So do you have a problem with this? The guy oh, with man. no hand doesn't have a problem with this. What about you? Are you kidding? I'm taking him in a hot second, Johnny. I might take him higher than he's expected to go based, not based on that alone, but that's a big factor to me. He's a non-complainer, put it all out there kind of guy. I want him on my team. He runs four three eight. Mm-hmm. He can rush the quarterback. Can you imagine him being out there with Clowney, Watt, Griffin, whoever you want to put inside, Scarlet. I mean, put Scar- Rush Scarlet from the inside. I don't care. Honey Badger. Honey Badger. I mean, mm-hmm. you could have Shaquem Griffin and Honey Badger rush off I'm the setting them side. all after the quarterback. I mean, it, there's, there, but here's the other thing, too. With mm-hmm. Shaquem and Clowney and Tyron Matthew and J.J. Watt all on the field, you have all these positionless players that you can do so much with. Right. Oh, that, I mean, that's just uh, – I, li- I like this pick. I, I would I would love it. I would absolutely love to see Shaquem Griffin in the third round. There's some teams, I guarantee he's off some teams' boards. For whatever reason, he's going to be off their boards. I've seen uh, – there was a general man – it was a former general manager who said this. Uh, I can't remember where I saw this. said they wouldn't draft him. Wow. the NFL, they'll figure it out. Well, they, they certainly didn't in college. Mm-hmm. He ran right through, around, and over everybody. And he definitely was not at a disadvantage at the Senior Bowl. And I understand Senior Bowl and NFL – I mean, I get it. I know it's right. different. Trust me, but this guy can play. You're four three eight. My gosh, you can fly. Measurable in the heart category, extremely strong. The competitive category. All right, let's get to the fourth round. What do you got? Mark Walton, running back, Miami. Okay. Now you might think, all right, with health, the Texans are pretty solid at running back, but Walton, I think, is pretty good. Yeah, Seven and a half yards per carry before he got hurt last year. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be a, a pro runner. I mean, I think this guy's going to be a feature back for an NFL team at some point and maybe some point soon. And I want to add to it, this whole pick was based on he's there, he's the best player available, and maybe, you know, in your other positions of need, there's nobody else that you have ranked that high. You don't make a deal. You're not dropping down, so go ahead and take him. I agree with you. I like Mark Walton at that pick. I think he's just outside the Harris 100 for me. Mm-hmm. And he's – a very productive guy. He's not a big guy. He's 5'9", probably 205, but he runs hard, runs real hard. I hate the fact that he got hurt because I think Miami's season wouldn't have gone down the drain at the end of the year had they had him. I think yeah. they would have had a reliable a reliable running game with him taking some of the pressure off Rozier. He was putting up some big numbers big, historically big compared to some great Miami backs. Okay, so four, round four. So now we get into round six. Oh. The three picks in the sixth round. All right, so wow. you tell me, is Perry Nicholson from Tulane around at that point? He ran a 4-3-2 at the combine. What's he doing there in round six? Because I see well, a lot of sites projecting him into round six. Same friend you talked about a little while ago, mm. who also writes for NFL.com. That's one of his favorite players, Perry Nickerson. And really? watching him on tape, he is not going to get to the sixth round. No way. I would be shocked. Now, okay. what could get him there is he's 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 not a big guy. He's about 5'10", 176, if I remember size right. He's yeah. not a big guy. But you talk about transitional quickness, playing the ball, mirroring routes, speed, everything you're looking for in defensive back, he's got it. I think the one thing he could do, Mark, Right now, I don't know how you situate this with all the guys you already have with Aaron Colvin with Tyron. He could play inside on the slot. I think he would be a perfect guy in the slot because he's tough and he can run. He can match routes, but he also plays the deep ball pretty well. Perry Nickerson can absolutely play. If you get him in sixth round, you got to feel really good. I don't know that he'll ever play outside, just mm-hmm. because he's not a big guy. But we've seen how often 
teams that are good. I mean, Jacksonville last year, Boye, Ramsey, Colvin. You've right. got to have three guys that can cover. Yep. You can do that. you got an opportunity. And, and we've all said that even though you have these guys on paper already, well, more than on paper, you have them on your roster yeah. already, uh, it doesn't mean you're not going to add in the draft. No, there's and no question. And it's the sixth round. If he's there, I'm taking him. All right, now the next guy is the tackle from Oklahoma State, Zachary Crabtree, who played some basketball. And I think that, I don't know, you know, I look at him – and I'm not a big evaluator, as you know, mm-hmm. but people say, oh, too much shotgun in Oklahoma State. Big whoop de doo Guess no. what they're going to play here? Yeah. The shotgun. Yeah, Guess what Watson's going to take? Yeah, he's going to take the snap out of the shotgun. Yeah. How much of the time? Like 60 70% of the time? Get ready. I've said this before. I don't mind him taking two tackles at all. Mm-hmm. I, don't have any, I don't have any problem with that, and I think you're right on Crabtree. Pretty good one. Round six. Darren, third round. All right, so Davin Bellamy mm-hmm. is the third pick of the sixth round for me, outside linebacker from Georgia. Why isn't he going higher? This guy, they say he's a Tasmanian devil. He's a team captain, SEC, ton of tackles, gets to the quarterback. What's wrong with him, John? I think he's going to probably go a little bit higher okay. than, than round six. I think he's got – how do I say this? He, he's got everything that you would want in a pass rusher, and he'll flash it every now and again. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. You see it and you go, whoa. I, I saw it when I studied him last year. I studied him go in the summer, and I thought every so often I would see a play and go, wow. But then I would go 10, 12 plays, and you just wouldn't, you wouldn't see anything. But, man, you're right. You, you have it absolutely dead on. Plays with ferocity. He plays with ferocity and a chip on his shoulder. He just has to do it more consistently. But I think in this defense, I think he would be a really nice fit. I like what you've done thus far. And then round seven, there's one pick, and you went with – Oh. A speedster. Because he was a guy could fly. Why not? Marquez Valdez-Scantling, wide receiver from South Florida, and a four-three-seven at the Combine. Look, in mm. the seventh round, you're going for those those skills, you're right? You're looking for one elite trait. Yeah, and the trait is speed. speed. He's got <laughs> yeah. it. I think he can maybe return kicks. He'd certainly give him a look at that. And why not? Four-three-seven speaks for itself. A lot of yak yards at wow. South Florida. Wow. You did really well. You think I did okay, you, huh? Your Vandermarks are usually pretty good. I usually like them a lot. I The only thing I worry about is I think some of these are some of these players are a little lower than probably where they're going to go. But, man, if you end up with a third round of Orlando Brown, Hayden Hurst, and Shaquem Griffin. <laughs> That'd be a home run. Yes, it would be a home run. Mark, thanks a lot. Drew Doherty coming up next. What's the national perception of what the Texans should do with those three third-round picks? We'll talk about that next right here in Texans All Access. Welcome back to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. Drew Doherty joins me now. Drew, what's going on, my not man? Not much, not much. What you up to? Dude, I got I to gotta admit, I've told you this, and I, 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 I tell you this, even though you're my buddy, and even though I'm on the show with you at times, Texas 360 is freaking awesome, man. Thanks. It is really, really well done. Thanks. I'd love to take credit for that, but that's uh, all Jay McDevitt and Joe Amaral and Gavin Garrett. So those guys behind the scenes making that, that uh, thing work. And... Uh, you're coming on on Thursday. Yeah, I'll be on on, on Thursday with you. Or actually, so it's Saturday fun. night. Excuse me, Saturday night at, yeah. at 11. Well, Thursday, Saturday, it's the same yeah. thing in our world. You I know? can't wait. It's going to be a good yeah, time. it is. Uh, it, a lot of things that I cannot wait. Draft is 17 days away. It feels like it. I mean, we're at that point where, man, we're, we're going to hit the two-week mark coming I know. up very soon. It's never come this quickly in my estimation. It, it, it's interesting you say that. I kind of feel the same way. But now that we're in April, now it's starting to drag along because now I'm now I'm curious. We will have some. We should get the preseason schedule at some point. Talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit with Mark, and that should be coming this week, I would think. And then the schedule comes out next week. Next week, 
We don't and know the, a date. We don't know a date. But we right, just, we don't know the date, but we just know it's next week. And I always sure, look yeah. forward to that. And usually Wednesday or Thursday, I think. I can't remember which. But either way, those are two big events that come up. Preseason, not as much. But then again, considering the Texans are up at the Greenbrier, mm-hmm. knowing where we're going to be for preseason. Gives and, us a lot of clarity. Yeah, it does. It really kind of lets us figure out the rest of our summer, if you will. But then the schedule and then the draft is coming up. Now, obviously, the Texans don't have a first or a second-round pick. But you used to do an article, and I know you'll bring it back next year when the Texans do have a first-round pick. It's made me wistful for this article. I know. Going. It was always one of my favorite reads because you would accumulate all the various mock drafts, mm-hmm. and you would look at who the Texans were going to take. And I always thought it was a fascinating exercise to look at yep. you know, everybody else's mock draft and put it in you would do versions i think you almost had like eight versions of that article yeah i would do one the morning after so the monday after the draft Mm -hmm. for the next year and that's there's like seven or eight people when it grows every year but and that one's way way out of bounds they'll have a mock draft for the next year and then starting pretty much like the week after the season ended i do one every two or three weeks sometimes quicker right and you, you wind up doing about seven eight nine of these things and i didn't originate this thing it, it started at least on houstontexans.com nick scurfield started and i don't yeah. think it was his original i think he came he got it from someplace else but you basically it's a mock draft survey and you find out who who thinks who, who the te- who they think the texans are going to take last year i believe it was mahomes was basically for that last month and a half he was thought the he texans was were going to take patrick mahomes i'm curious to see if the chiefs had not traded up and the Texans were sitting there with Mahomes and Watson on the board. Yeah, which one they would have gone with? Obviously, we can look back at it and say, "Yeah, this was this was the right thing." Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I saw uh, I saw an article written by Gil Brandt on NFL.com, and he ranked, I think there were 12, 12 quarterbacks drafted in the first round mm-hmm. from two thousand thirteen going forward. Yep. Yeah, that's right, because he had E.J. Manuel on that. Yeah. 12 quarterbacks from 2013 draft going forward. Where would you put Deshaun? Now, we're talking about guys that have gone at the top. You had 2015 where you had James Winston and Marcus yep. Mariota. You had Jared Goff the next year. Put him in front of all three of those Last guys. year, you'd have three of those. You'd have three guys that went, Trubisky, Mahomes, and Watson. Put him in front of those guys, too. You had 12 quarterbacks taken from 2013. It was only one of the first round, E.J. Manuel. And then 2014, you had Bortles. You had Manziel. Put him in front of them. You had, uh, was there anybody else in 2014? Bridgewater at the very Bridgewater, end. you're right. Yeah. Bridgewater. Put him in front mm-hmm. of him. Okay. Where would you put Watson amongst all that group? <laughs> Why not one? How about number seven? Nope. I'm not, uh, number seven. Who I almost have, fell out of my chair. Front? Who do you have in front? Wentz. Winston. Okay, I I could understand Wentz. I I no, I wouldn't take him over. I wouldn't take Winston over Watson. Mariota. Nope. Blake Bortles. <laughs> that's what the law. Lo- that's what the list lost me. I was like, what foot interception? Really? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Really, you got Watson seven? And he's there was been no- he's been under center and taking his team farther in the playoffs, but that's that's yeah, about the only his defense got him. Yeah, there. that's the only. And that's all I'm saying. And I guess maybe what Gil say, oh, okay, the jury's still up. But his 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 thoughts on Watson were all glowing. And then he had he had him at oh, I'm sorry, six. Yeah. Because well, Goff Goff was five, Bortles was four, Mariota's three, 
Winston I, I, was two. Winston being two blows my mind. I can give I, you Wentz, and I can, like, I can understand Goff even, but I can't. I know. Nobody else. No, I, that's it. That, that's I'd all. still take him over the other two. Anyhow. I know. I, I Absolutely. Would you, it, uh. Tampa Bay Buccaneers had their choice right now, James Winston or Deshaun Watson? <sighs> yeah. I mean. They're all Watson. I mean, I, listen, I like James Winston. I think he's going to be a fine pro, but, man. He was dreadful last year. Mm-hmm. In a year where everybody was healthy. Yeah. Everybody was healthy. And he's got weapons at his disposal like <laughs> like he'd never had before. Yeah, exactly. So, I started looking for – you can't have first-round mock drafts because they don't help you out. Right. But there are some writers out there that will end up doing multi-round mock drafts. Yeah. That's becoming more prevalent as well. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to do a multi-round mock draft. Mm-hmm. But – there are a few guys. Dane Brugler, one of our buddies, is is great at it. Yeah, he did one. Chad Reuter, who writes for NFL. dot com, he also did one. And then I don't know who did it for 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 the win, which is a USA Today site. I think it might have been Luke Easterling. Mm-hmm. They did multi round mock drafts. And when you get in the third round, obviously, you you know those people that don't follow it all that much aren't going to know what players are looking at. But I was I was intrigued by the position. And obviously, when you're doing a mock draft, sometimes the position players that the position you're looking for is kind of off the board. You'd go with somebody else at that point because, oh well. But you've got different priorities, of course. And so I thought it'd be a good exercise to look at in your mind because people have asked me, and I've said what I think. I think the third round ends up being offensive line, mm-hmm. preferably a tackle. Yep. I think it ends up being a secondary member, more than likely a corner. Okay. And then I think the third one could be a wild card of a couple of positions. I think it could be a tight end. I think it could be a running back. I think it could be some sort of pass rusher. Sure. Some specialized player. What are your thoughts about those three picks in the third round? How do you look at it? I'm going to make you mad. We've been getting along amicably here mm-hmm. for this first, uh, what, three, four minutes of this sure. uh, segment. Yeah. I'm going to make you mad, John. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to throw all three of those picks. And I'm going to throw the Seattle second rounder next year. Oh. I'm going to put those four together, and I'm going to trade them to New England for Rob Gronkowski. I'm going to get the, you greatest, are. the greatest tight end to ever suit up and play professional football, and I'm adding him to the Texans. Well, you're not making, you're not making me mad with that. You are killing my segment, but that's okay. Because we'll <laughs> no, get we'll there. get back into that. We'll get back I promise into we'll that. Back. But, but, well, why not? Okay. Let's play hypothetical. Wait a second. And, and I don't see hold this up, happening. Hold up, hold up, hold up. But that's what I would try to do because I think Go through Belich- again. These three threes. Those three threes. And then next year's two that you've gotten from Seattle in the Dwayne Brown trade. To move up or to just trade those just for, for Yeah. So you don't pick until the fourth round, but you get the greatest tight end in the history of the game mm-hmm. and one of the premier, I would say one of the four best players in all of the game right now, regardless of position. You add him to this offense with uh, – with with Deshaun Watson under center mm-hmm. with DeAndre Hopkins, you've got a wealth of targets. You extend him. I think he still has four great years. Pay pay that man his money, and uh, sort everything else out. Let's go. Now yeah, I don't. That I don't, sounds familiar. You know that sounds familiar. That sounds like man adding the greatest player at his position to a unit that is really really good, and you add him to this. He's got great leadership skills. And he's going to turn out, end up being, and man, Ed Reed turned out to be a bust. <laughs> now you didn't have to go draft picks to do it, but right. I know. Listen, I know they're two different. They're two different things. And I understand that, but I think he's in better shape than Ed Reed, and still has much more in the tank than Ed Reed did. Much at that younger. Point. Much younger, and 
I just I'm I'm willing to take the gamble, and I don't think well, it, I don't think it's anything close because when we last saw him, he was he was fine. Here's 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 a question to consider. Yeah, have you put too much in the pot for that? That's the thing because they, I think they parted, they parted with a lot less to get or to they 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 took a lot less to give up Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. But I think he's accomplished a lot more and is a more important part of the present. I think what Garoppolo it, was. It, it's an interesting thought to. Do you have to give up that much? If now, they want to give up less, then that's cool. But if that's they got a one back for Brandon Cooks, yeah, and Brandon Cooks is nowhere near as important to that that's offense. And now you're looking at it going, okay, Gronk, oh boy. So, like, do you have to give up a one? I don't. I don't really want to do. Yeah, that I don't, I don't, I, I'm with you. I don't really want to give. But up But if a that's one. all you had to do, and I don't think. I, I mean, like I'm saying, I'm just. You're stoking the fires. You know what uh, the triple threat came up with, and I won't. I won't call him out who came up with this idea. What they say? Trade Whitney Merciless. I don't want to do that. I'm not doing that either. I don't either. want to do that. No. That's and here's why, my thought on that. That's why I give up these. You you can never, and I've had this conversation. In fact, he's now a GM, uh, Chris Ballard. I've had this mm-hmm. conversation when, when the Chiefs, when he was with the Chiefs, they drafted D. Ford. And I remember when they drafted him, I texted him that night, and I was like, wow, man, D. Ford, I really like, I, I like D. Ford coming yeah. out of Auburn. They had Holly and Houston. Yes. And he said, you can ne- in this league, you can never have enough mm-hmm. pass rushers. And mm-hmm. I thought it was, I thought it was a fascinating thought. I think. You have a fascinating thought. Here's my 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 thought with that is you have some money while Deshaun is a rookie. And I bring that up because in the rookie on the yep. rookie wage scale, yep. you're not being dinged 20, 25, 30 million on your salary cap like you may down the road with Deshaun. So you could pay Gronk. Now And I think that and I think if you do, you're adding double digit touchdown catches. I think he catches double digit touchdowns. And I don't think you're taking away from Hopkins either. I think he catches double. I think you have two double-digit touchdown reception guys. And you got Fuller. I mean, it's an intriguing. Plus Will Fuller, it's an yeah. intriguing thought. The question to me becomes, and you said it, he play. He's got four more good years. If I knew for a fact that Gronk could give me twelve plus games a year for the next four years, I think I would do it. Yeah. I mean, I think I would do it. So, but back to your original. Let's go back to the original thought here. The priorities of those three picks, if the Texans do hang on to those third-round picks. I'm with you at the top. You said O-line with preference at left tackle. Or just tackle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And okay. I think I think that's cool, but I, I don't know that there's going to be a left tackle right. there at the third. But okay. I'm with you. Boom, that's my okay. first. Second, I would go tight end. Okay. I really want to yep. really get that, gotcha. that added in right there. Because gotcha. I think Griffin, I think Anderson are still maturing and getting right. better and going to do, do nice things for you. But then at the third pick of that round, is there a running back there that's intriguing and kind of such a great value and so highly rated that you got to take him? You know, is there somebody like is it is it going to be more than a pass rusher? Right. Comparatively, apples to apples. Yeah. And so I think that's where I would go. I'd go left tackle, tight end, running back. With obviously, if it's not a left tackle, somebody really good on the O line that's going to help you out. You're going to like Dane Bruglers, and I'll tell you why. First of all, Chad Reuters was the first one that I read. Mm-hmm. He had a defensive end. Can't see that at all. Like a pure 3-4 defensive end yes. or just a pass pure, rusher? Pure 3-4 defensive end. Okay. One okay. of the best athletes at his position, Sean Hand, Alabama. Then he had. I'm, I wouldn't. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm not a, against that. I don't see it happening. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to Deshaun Hand, but it doesn't. Do you think he lasts that long? Uh, He'll be there. He'll be, in, he'll be in around that. Okay, all right. Uh, also linebacker, then he had in the, the middle middle pick, he had Arden Key from LSU. 
which first of all, I mean, it just there's the the fit is just off, and I don't think right. Arden Key gets all the way to the third round, even though he does have some issues. But either way, then he had a wide receiver going with the third pick. Mm. So I can I can get with the defensive end maybe in that situation, but with defensive yeah. end outside linebacker wide receiver, uh-uh. mm. no way. Yeah. So for weirder the win, stuff has happened though. For the win, yeah, no, I'm with you. For the win, they went with Orlando Brown at tackle. Cool with me. I, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not at, like at the third round. If, yeah. Yeah. If you cool get him at the top of third man. round, I'm cool with that. The next pick, the middle pick, was Dante Jackson, cornerback from LSU, one of the fastest guys in the draft. Yep. And then they had Jordan Whitehead, uh, who declared early from Pitt as a safety. Okay. So they go tackle, corner, safety. Those are more in line with what we talked about. Do you still wait? 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 Do you still think Brown is going to last that long? No, I don't actually. Because I, I don't. I, actually. I really think the game tape. While he was horrid at the combo, I really think the game. Tape I don't think there's any way Orlando Brown gets. The yeah, third like somebody, point. somebody will take him in the second at the very latest. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. Here, Dane Brugler comes up with one. I actually like this one. He goes with Joe Noteboom off at the tackle from TCU, the Texans coach in the Senior Bowl. I was really impressed with him in Mobile. I mm-hmm. like that pick. Makes sense. Yucheno Wasu from USC, outside linebacker. They also coached him at the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. and I, I would love that in the middle pick. Now, plus your scouts know a lot about this guy. What were your two back positions? I had running position. I had I went your, left tackle, final two. Left tackle, tight end, and running back. Tight end and running back. Mm-hmm. At the last pick of the third round, he has Jalen Samuels from NC State, who might be the only player in the history of the game to ever be a tight end slash running back. <laughs> he played tight end at NC State, and then he used him as a traditional tight end. I mean, they yeah. would line him up there some, but they had him listed in the program as a tight end. He would play and do tight end things. Yeah. But then they would put him at running back, right. and they would run him at running back. He got to the senior bowl, and he played all running back. He was on the North squad. He didn't work with the Code Texans, but he was on the North squad. And then he went to the combine, and he was back with the tight ends. Well, think about this. He would be fascinating in this offense. I told a couple scouts as we were watching, I was like, he would be fascinating in our offense. They're like, well, yeah, kind of a luxury thing. No, no, I don't no. Know think about, about that. think about think about how you've that's seen a, that's a lot of reps that one player. Think about how you've seen at times Ryan Griffin line up as a yes, running back, I know. but he never gets used right. as a running back. Now you have that threat. If that's the case, that adds another little dimension to your offense. So it's a that makes whole, sense. I mean, it's a whole different dimension mm-hmm. that you have with a player like that. And I saw that right away, and I went, "Whoa, <laughs> that." would be really interesting. A tight end slash running back that you can do a lot of different things with. Yeah. Or you can have Gronk. Either way. I'll take I'll take Gronk. So you have those on the board. No boom and Wosu, Jalen Samuels. I like I like that, yeah. yeah. But then I you gotta get... know who you're getting in the second round next year. Dane did a good job. I think Dane I have a ton of respect for mm-hmm. and I think he hit it out of the park with those three picks. He does it year good. round. I mean he's he's, he's very not good. just some guy that swoops in in nope. February. I mean, he he nope. does it year round. He is definitely not that. Drew, appreciate you stopping by, brother. Thank Anytime, you. my man. There's been a lot of trade noise surrounding Rob Gronkowski, which obviously Drew referenced in his trade proposal. Why? Well, we'll go around the NFL and talk about a story that broke earlier today as it pertained to Rob Gronkowski and the New England Patriots. We'll do that next on Texans All Access. So, of course, during the break, I started thinking about who else has got four, five, six, seven-round mock drafts. I forgot about my friends Evan Silva and my buddy Josh Norris over at Roto World. They did a seven-round mock for all the AFC. This is what they have, and I, I, I kind of like. I'll tell you where I, I like this list. In fact, one of the names on here. It's funny. I saw today his name, and I went. I got a feeling he'd make a good fit. Top pick of the third round, 
Terrell Crosby, Oregon. Round three, pick number 80, Joe Noteboom, TCU. It seems weird to go back-to-back tackles, but as Josh explains, it might not happen this way, but it makes sense in terms of need, and that's true. I wouldn't I would be opposed to that whatsoever. I like Noteboom more than I like Crosby. That's just me. I know a lot of people do like Crosby. I don't think he's quite the athlete that I would like. I think Noteboom moves a little better. I think Noteboom overall could be a guy that could play either position. But it's cool. Round three. Last pick of third round, Ian Thomas, Indiana. I don't think he gets all the way to this pick, but I love. I would love this pick. We talked about that a little bit with Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst isn't going to sniff the third round, but I like Mark's thought. Uh, Mark did a good job with Vandermark 2.0. Crosby, no boom, Ian Thomas. Fourth round, he's got Taekwon Lewis from Ohio State. I don't know that that's really the right fit. I don't know that Taekwon is that explosive type. Now, he's long. I stood next to him at the senior ball. Oh, my goodness. Hit arms for days. But if you get him in the fourth round, you got to feel pretty good. Round six, Kurt Benkert, Virginia. Texas worked with him at the Senior Bowl, so I could see that. Here's one. Round six, running back, Ryan Nall, Oregon State. He He's visited with all 32 teams. He's had some visits. I think he would be very interesting as a six-round running back. Dude runs hard. Hard. He's a big back that can run hard. Uh, Darren Carrington at Utah. I don't know if I can see this. He had some issues at Oregon before he left and went to Utah. He's got some speed down the field. But um, I could see him being a guy they take late. And then seventh round, Trayvon Henderson was at the Senior Bowl and playing for the North Squad. And I was standing there watching the North Squad. I was right next to Marcus Robertson, coach of safeties for the Broncos, and he was coaching the guys. And I could see him really taking a liking to Henderson. He had a really good Senior Bowl. Not a really productive player at Hawaii, but – you get Henderson in the seventh round. I think that guy can make the team in the seventh round. He's got some ability at safety. There's no question about that. So, interesting mock draft from a buddy, Josh Norris and Evan Silva over at Roto World. So, you definitely want to check those out. I, I thought, as I mentioned, and welcome back to the show, we got one final segment left. Chad Reuters from NFL.com, defensive end, outside linebacker, and wide receiver. I, I just I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, Josh had a wide receiver going late. I could see adding a wide receiver to draft. I mean, look, they got eight. They got eight selections. I think if you went in terms of priority, offensive line, tackle. Now everybody's been giving them tackle, and I, I think they're. I want to. I don't want to say set at guard, but they've got a lot of bodies at guard and center, interior positions. Whether it's Zach Fulton, Nick Martin, Senio uh, uh, Kilimete, Jeff Allen's still on the roster. You got David Questenberry still there. You got Chad Slade still there. You got a lot of bodies at guard, but I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of the eight selections be a guy that is specifically an interior lineman. I wouldn't be surprised by that whatsoever. Um, and I'm sure I missed a name as I was kind of firing through off the top of my head, so I apologize if I did. But I still think it's offensive line with a focus on tackle. I think it's secondary, the focus on corner, which I don't think Josh had. He had a safety on there. I don't know if he had corners. Um, then I think it's tight end. I think running back is in that priority mix. I think defensive end is down the down the way a little bit. Just me. I think with the players they have already, bringing back Angelo Blackson and Joel Heath being healthy, Christian Covington coming back healthy, J.J. Watt obviously, and the fact that J.D. can play inside. I think pass rusher needs to be up there near tight end just to add another one to the mix. I think having anybody with some edge speed, anybody that can get off, get get to the quarterback from the edge. And, look, Tyron's going to do that a little bit. There's no doubt. He's going to rush the quarterback. 
but I think that's probably in terms of priority. Defensive end, 340 defensive end, ends up down the list a little bit. Now, Deshaun Hand is a good player, and that was one of the first players that Romeo Cornell referenced in the Senior Bowl when they interviewed him at uh, during a break, the Senior Bowl. That's one of the guys that he mentioned, and it's hard not to miss him. I mean, he is a physical specimen. I just don't think they're going to go defensive end, a 340 defensive end, uh, at that point in the draft. I think they still will focus on offensive line, tackle, and pick 65, excuse me, 68. They're going to be I mean, Joe Noteboom, uh, Orlando Brown. I think those are all names that are going to be in the conversation. Terrell Crosby is going to be in that conversation. So there are going to be some options there in the third round of tackle, guys that can come in and contribute and give you something uh, as rookies. So looking forward to seeing what the, the rest of the mock drafts have to say. All right, let's go around the NFL with a few stories that have hit. This was a story that hit early uh, in the morning on Monday. Today's Monday, right? Yep. Report from the Boston Herald stated that Bill Belichick chastised Gronk in front of his teammates for being a TB12 client, an effort from Belichick to keep other players from following the instructions of Tom Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero. And back, back, I guess it was during the season, I suppose, during playoffs maybe, the story broke that there was a rift in the Alex Guerrero-Bill Belichick duo for a long time, Guerrero, as a trainer of Brady, had been accepted in, I think, taking on team flights, all that kind of stuff, traveled with the team. And then there was a rift that apparently popped up over the last couple of years. But the Herald reported that Belichick got after Gronkowski in front of his teammates. So is that what, you know, Gronk has alluded to saying, you know, he's just had enough, he wants freedom, all that kind of stuff. Who, who's Who's to say what that all means. Drew proposed that trade a little while ago uh, in our second segment, and I, I, I think Belichick would probably ask for all threes, all all of the threes in the two next year, considering they've got two ones. My goodness, I just don't think I don't think they would do it. I think they'd come to their senses and realize what they have with Gronk. In could be the greatest tight end to ever play the game, so I don't know if they'd want to do that. But then again, he's already got a ton of draft capital. And if they were to make a deal like that, my whew, holy smoke. So, Gronk, apparently not too happy about that. Um, but the the consternation that's been there between Belichick, Guerrero, and now bleeding into Gronkowski, interesting to note what's going on in New England. All right, Andrew Luck. Met with the media for the first time in a while, and he did so on Monday because the Colts reported back to work. Teams with new coaches can report a week earlier for the offseason than teams that have coaches uh, already in place. And so the Texans will start next week with the rest of the NFL, but teams that hired new coaches could start this week, and that meant the Indianapolis Colts because of Frank Reich. So Andrew Luck met with the media today. And he said, and I quote, he's not a perfect-feeling athlete right now. He does continue to have his sights set on being ready for training camp this summer. Luck said he thought he, quote-unquote, pushed a little too hard in his attempt to return to action after having surgery last year. He also updated his progress when it comes to throwing the football. Frank Reich said last month that Luck is throwing footballs. Luck said on Monday he has not yet advanced to the point that he's throwing regulation size balls. So, there's still, 
I would think is going to be some consternation there in Indianapolis. Now, look, it's April. Season doesn't start till September. But I would imagine he's got to start throwing the football in June, sometime in June, July, to even get ready for some part of training camp. So, Luck did say later on, I need to stay this course. So, it's just, a, it, the situation is a little different. Last year, it was like, yes, Jim Irsay said, yes, he's going to be there. Yes, he's going to be there. There's been more positivity this year about it from Chris Ballard and even Frank Reich. But these things, you never know. I, I read a report last year that said he's never coming back. I don't think that's the case. I think Andrew Luck will come back. But if Andrew Luck does not come back, the Colts are in some serious trouble. Now, Jacoby Brissett will help. The roster has got to be improved. There's no question. And that's why I think that Chris Ballard will still be in a trading mood when the draft weekend comes around. Just a hunch. But I just have a feeling that he's going to load up on draft picks. He always and has always trusted himself with draft picks to pick the right guy. And if he picks five or six of the right guy, five or six of the right guys over the next how many ever drafts, he hits on three or four this year, he hits on three or four next year, that thing gets turned around pretty quickly if Luck can come back healthy. But that ultimately is the key. And I know that's why Chris took that job, because they had the quarterback in place. I should know that Andrew at that point was dealing with the amount of injuries that he was. I mentioned the team's report. The Oakland Raiders reported because of John Gruden's hiring, but Khalil Mack did not. These are voluntary workouts. That is something you're going to hear from a lot of coaches. You'll hear from Bill O'Brien. These are voluntary workouts. Khalil Mack doesn't have to be there. But it is worth noting that he's going into the fifth year of his career. And that fifth year is key. He's a first-rounder, so the team did exercise that option. But my guess is not showing up is a sign that he would like to get that extension. He would like to get that and stay with the Oakland Raiders. And maybe this is a sign. Who's to say? Maybe you just missed the day. But Khalil Mack, it's worth noting, absent from workouts. Eric Reed, safety, formerly the 49ers, visiting the Bengals. And maybe we'll start to see kind of a breakthrough on the safeties uh, and their price tag and free agency. There are a number of them out there uh, that are still available. Eric Reed probably being at the top of the list, but he's going to visit with the Bengals. And I'll tell you what, you put him next to George Iloka, you got a couple of hard hitting physical safeties there with the Bengals. Late Friday saw this news that Thomas Davis had been suspended for four games with the Carolina Panthers. That stings on a lot of different levels. I'm a big Thomas Davis fan, have always been since his days back at Georgia, and I just have always thought of him as being a guy that does the right thing. He was, I believe, the Walter Payton man of the year, a year or two ago. He's just, to me, everything football should be about but he will be suspended for the first four games of the season for the Carolina Panthers. So there you go, some news around the NFL. Appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate Drew and Mark for stopping by. I'll be here tomorrow as Mark will be out, so we'll have more for you on Texans All Access. Appreciate you guys being here. We'll see you then, everybody. And as always, go Texans.